Hi, I'm Dr. Weibo. Welcome to the Innovation in Medicine podcast. As an engineer and physician, I've always been interested in innovation and medical technology. In this podcast, I'll talk to doctors, engineers, scientists, and other leaders in medicine to gain their perspectives on the past, present, and future of innovation in medicine. In this episode, I'll be speaking to Dr. Alex Wang. He is a family medicine resident who is particularly interested in preventative medicine and primary care. He is a CEO of a startup called ScreenMe, where they are dedicated to improve and incentivize pre-diabetes and pre-hypertension screening. So here is my conversation with Dr. Wang. All right, uh, Dr. Wang. Dr. Wang now, right? For real, for yeah, real. Yeah, uh, Dr. Wang. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for taking the time and you know doing this with me. Um, I'm super excited to learn more about your company and, and your startup, um, as well as your journey. So um, yeah, thank you for, for doing this. Yeah, no problem. Um, so just to start, I always like to give my uh, guest an opportunity uh, of really introducing themselves and telling us a little bit more about themselves and their credentials. Yeah, um, well, like to just start off with, um, I'm currently a PGY1, for, so first year resident at Rush Copley. So I recently matched um, back in March. And um you know, I'm very excited because I'll be moving to Chicago very soon. Um, it's a family medicine residency. And typically, that's like a three-year residency program. After you graduate from medical school, you do some training. Um, you know, as a resident, basically, you're a doctor in training. Um, and you basically need to learn about how to become a doctor during that time. But, um, you know, before that, last year, I went to a – I was – debating between family medicine and internal medicine. So I went to the American College Physician Conference and there was a um, MIT hackathon collaboration between ACP and MIT hackathon. Um, a hackathon is basically like, um, let's see, it's a very like intensive workshop of engineers and like, you know, doctors or like just trying to solve problems together. It's something that's very like Silicon Valley thing that mm-hmm. because I went to undergrad at UC Berkeley and yeah. so I was very aware of what a hackathon is, but a lot of people don't actually know what a hackathon is. Um, so that was actually the first time they were having this MIT hacking met hackathon medicine and ACP like collaboration. So I was super excited going there. And one of the things that, you know, that I was interested in was diabetes mm. because, you know, as a, as a medical student, you're, your diabetes is like one of the most important like diseases that we need to learn about as doctors and you can see it manifestation in like even during your clinicals so for me like one of the most striking like thing that happened to me was like during surgery like we had to amputate a patient's leg because of the diabetes complications Mm. like what happened was that the diabetes got so severe that it leaded to ischemia, which is basically lack of blood loss, uh, lack of blood flow to the legs, um, you know, from chronic, like un, uncontrolled diabetes. Yeah. And that can really damage, damage your legs. Um, you know, I had to do that. And then, then you're like thinking, what can we do? Because like, 
there's not much the doctors can do at that point. So that for me, diabetes is something very, very personal to me. That was like, you know, let's, let's do something more about this. Mm -hmm. And preventive medicine is like all about, you know, like looking, screening for diabetes. So let's get back to the earlier intervention. And that's something that I think is more cost efficient. It's very expensive to go to do all these procedures. It's mm-hmm. much cheaper doing intervening like an exercise regime, you know, or like um, things like that. So that's really hard how it started off with. Okay. Okay. And so um, another question I wanted to ask you was really when it comes to innovation, right? Um, what do you think uh, innovation in medicine is when it comes to your definition? Um, it's a very tricky question, I think, because like everyone's definition of what innovation is, di- is different. But for me, I think innovation is thinking, not like questioning, like what the current status quo is, right? So like, as a medical student, you're, you're, you're inside a hospital, and then you are doing things just because they're expected of you, like, mm-hmm. because it is how it is, is done. You know, like, we have to go, for example, we have to go check uh, a patient's like past medical history by calling other hospitals and mm-hmm. to get a fax to our hospital because the EMR system doesn't work together. And that's accepting the status quo. And I think innovation is, is what innovation is really when you reject that status quo and try to make your own say like, let's see what we can, like, this doesn't even work. Like, let's make it more efficient. And Making efficiency is one of the key to lower our healthcare costs. Mm-hmm. Um, there's too many like red tape and like people in between the patient and the doctor, insurance companies, pharmaceutical companies, mm-hmm. health administrators. There's a lot of red tape going on in the hospital and healthcare system in general. So I mm-hmm. think if we can really like cut down this inefficiencies, like we can lower the healthcare costs. And that to me is what innovation is. So nice, nice. I, I like how uh, you kind of took that, uh, you know, from just like literally having a certain idea, but from there, there is inefficiencies, as, as you mentioned, that I think, um, especially in the healthcare, I would completely agree with you. There is so many ways that we can improve different processes, so many ways that we can get better at delivering patient care. Uh, not just from the physician perspective, but, you know, maybe from the waiting room, right? From, uh, yeah, the, like, in- so many ways. And so that's, I like that you pointed that out because it's it's definitely a problem. And the thing is, it, it comes down to also the patient experience too. So all these things, they, it, it affects actually patient care, like yeah. how the patient is actually taken care of. And I think that's actually so important because doctors, we're supposed to like take care of patients, but when there is so much stuff going in between, it actually mm-hmm. will affect the patient's health. Like yeah. they can't afford the medications because it's too expensive or they can't even get to the hospital because they don't have a car. These are, these are actually very like real problems that like, you know, even though doctors, they might not think about it, but it's actually still part of the patient's like health. Mm. So if they can't even go see a doctor, then, then there's no point, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can kind of sense this, uh, passion that you have, uh, for, uh, you know, primary care and, 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 um, 
I can sense that it, so just, can you learn a little bit more about that? Can you tell me a little bit more about your background and kind of what led you to actually, um, you know, picking family medicine as a specialty that you want to go to? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, like, it's actually was a really difficult thinking between internal medicine and family medicine. I think a lot of medical students actually have that kind of dilemma because mm. like they, they kind of want to do, you know, adult medicine or like specialize in cardiology, for example, it seems, sounds like a very cool and flashy, like occupation. Like you mm. say, Hey, I'm a cardiologist. I'm a gastroenterologist. The, the role itself is much, um, let's say it's, it's nice. It's more respected in the medical mm. community than for mm. say a family medicine doctor. And I, I kind of wanted to like challenge that notion, you know, because like, you know, especially in cities, family medicine doctors have almost essentially became like, you know, they're just like referring, like we're, we're just like a referral node where mm. like a point to just, you know, patients go there and then we'll tell, oh, go see a gastroenterologist, go see a ENT, go see a, um, you know, a whatever, oncologist. So mm. I think we, there's a lot of things about primary care that is so helpful and essential. Other countries, for example, like the UK, mm. the primary care, there's, there's more emphasis on primary care. And that yeah. really lowered the cost because what happens is that when you create so many referrals, like it, it, it creates inefficiencies for the patient as well. The patient doesn't want to be going to that many doctors, to be honest, right? Like yeah. the, the patient needs to get along with their life. And I think in order for the patient experience to be better, we need to be able to provide them with a better experience. Um, maybe even like telemedicine, for example, right? Like um, telemedicine is going to, I think, going to transform, you know, having a patient having to wait for hours in the, in the waiting room. That mm. is just like unfathomable like people are waiting for a half a day in the clinic to yeah. see a doctor for this 30 minutes that's just like waste of time on them and also just not fair so that, yeah. that's that's really coming from my passion so you can yeah also yeah yeah um and so just the the next question was um you know we talked a little bit about your your passion for like diabetes and that you experienced at the mit hackathon uh, can you tell us a little bit more about your startup and, uh, you know, what is it and, you know, how did you come up with it? The company? Yeah. 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 I mean, like to get into more about the hackathon, basically we came up with the idea of that, you know, diabetes is such a big issue and a lot of people are like, you know, walking along the streets and they have pre-diabetes, which means like their sugar levels are high, but they don't even feel like they're unhealthy. Mm. Um, most patients or most people don't go see a doctor because they feel okay. They only they see a doctor because they are pain in pain, right? Or something went wrong. Um, and what we're trying to think is like, what are ways to incentivize people to go see a doctor um, just for a checkup? That's what family doctors are really mostly for, right? Like to mm. go, let's do an annual checkup. Let's check your blood, like diabetes or lipid levels, right? Um, and one of it came down to incentive screening. So like some of the health insurance companies, for example, are already doing things like, you know, you get a free Apple Watch, for example, if, if you, they try to incentivize you to exercise more. Yeah. And it makes sense from a, from, from an insurance company because like, 
the insurance companies want to save, save their costs. And if they have if they have a healthy insurance pool, they save they save money. So it's all yeah. about money, really, um, in the healthcare field. Still, like, sad, unfortunately, that's that's how it is. Um, but like, my idea is basically let's let's try to incentivize people, you know, to go see a see a doctor before or like get screened. Um, and there are a lot of digital screening tools mm-hmm. that are available. Um, that you know, these are questions that we would doctors would ask already in the clinic. So why not just do it? on like a questionnaire, but it's online. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if there is something wrong, then we could flag it and then have them encourage them to go see a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very efficient. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what came up with Screen Me because like Screen Me is like basically a digital healthcare company where mm-hmm. we're trying to cut the red tape, mm-hmm. make the experience better for a patient um, and also encourage their healthy lifestyle. Like think about more about their health instead of just like, you know, I'm going to see the, go to the ED because something really bad happened. Um, that's very expensive. Uh, yeah. Going to the ED is very expensive on the taxing on the health healthcare system in general. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think you're going to let on to the next question I was going to ask you, like, what, what do you see actually, um, you know, your, your company accomplishing in, in the future, right? Um, you see this kind of replacing some part of our healthcare, uh, <laughs> you know, like I know it's, it's a big, big idea, but like what, what do you see this going in the future? Not just maybe your company, but, uh, in terms of digital health, right? Yeah. Where do you see that going as far I mean, as your vision goes? Yeah. I mean, the possibilities are really endless to be honest. And mm. I know that like a company itself or just me and myself is not able to really change the entire healthcare industry because this is just too big right it requires a collaborative effort um but like in general especially after this pandemic you can really see this trend shifting um you know to a digital health where like people are questioning the current models of care like there is no point in going like why is it so hard to even see a doctor um like appointing gate, like ZocDoc, for example. I don't know if you heard of ZocDoc before. Mm-mm. ZocDoc is, if you, yeah, um, ZocDoc is basically um, like a Yelp for doctors. Mm. Um, and it makes it really easy. Like if you go to ZocDoc.com, you could just like input what doctor you want to see and then mm. input your insurance and then they'll let you know like what are the, what are the doctors available. Mm. Those, are, those are the healthcare companies that are really challenging the current notion. And I think, Hopefully, screaming will be part of that, um, challenging that experience that you know patients currently have to undergo. Because right now, the patient, the the only guidance that they get is really from the doctor, and then they're just kind of left alone. Like, go find, go go off and try to find the or your own resources. Mm-hmm. And there is really no flow and continuity in their healthcare. Yeah, like family medicine is all about trying to create continuity so like they understand the health of the patient so like they don't have to be it's fragmented too much right now and that's the problem i mean with the with the private um health insurance model in the u.s like mm-hmm. other countries like for example um taiwan i'm from taiwan and they have a national healthcare system mm. they have this chip id chip and then like inside there has their healthcare in- information Mm-hmm. And all they need to do is present that to any doctor that they can. Um, the doctor will use that 
as a chip reader. Mm -hmm. And that chip reader can basically have all the information, healthcare information of the patient. You know, there is no need to like, let's redo the health, the history doing. Mm -hmm. We all, we all know, like in the U.S., we have to, why is there, they keep asking the same thing over and over again. The patient mm -hmm. is frustrated. The doctor is frustrated. Like we're yeah. just, we're just inefficient. That's an efficiency, yeah. mm -hmm. right? Exactly. Yeah. So what I'm trying to do is like, you know, think, let's challenge that kind of notion. And the U.S. is not, right now, is not efficient. Um, yeah. And there's so much potential. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's my vision. You know, like there, there's a lot, there's a lot of exciting stuff going on. Um, yeah. And I think we can really make a difference. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, you know, the thing about healthcare, you know, especially as you said in the U.S., it's so hard to make changes. And so, you know, every other thing, and when it comes to innovation, right, like, cell phones and tvs you name it everything has just gone and developed so far ahead of right and healthcare, healthcare. is just like lagging, lagging behind yeah um, I, like you see technology for example like you know there's the newest stuff the artificial intelligence tesla's like self-driving cars and then yeah. like healthcare is left in the dust right now yeah we're, like we're, really we're like it's operating. still archaic mm -hmm, yeah exactly. we're, not, we're still operating the same old thing paper charts or stuff like that that mm -hmm. really we need to we need to step it up that that's yeah. my that's my thinking so yeah yeah um but you know there's a lot of challenges when it comes to healthcare you know that yeah all the rules and the regulations that go into it's it it's not as easy yeah it's not as easy and so um it's going to take a lot of people it's going to take a lot of uh rule changes for um for this field to be you know to break open so i'm i'm exactly. hoping yeah. One of the reasons why I wanted to do this is really actually to get um, a perspective on all these different people who are maybe studying their own companies or working in the healthcare field and to see what kind of challenges are you guys facing when you're actually trying to innovate yeah. right within the field of medicine. Uh, and so as you're starting your company, maybe can you tell me a little bit what kind of challenges are you guys facing? Um, you know, you might not be maybe, inter in, you know, directly with healthcare, but like, because setting a company is not easy, right? So I'm sure you're oh, facing. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, whatever it is that you're the, facing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the most practical, the most like biggest challenge is like just really time management, right? Because like when you're starting, you're you're starting a residency, and then that itself is already challenging. Uh, mm. You you're already trying to like the jump from a medical student to a physician to a, to a resident, for example, is very big. Um, I don't think even the medical schools or like they don't really like they kind of try to prepare you, but really you'll, you're jumping into like a brand new thing right now. Yeah. And when you start as a resident, they expect you there, you're the doctor, you're taking care of that patient now. And yeah. of course you get support from like, you know, your chief residents or like the attendings, but most of the things they're expecting you to take control of. Yeah. So that's the learning curve is huge already. Then you have to have, then like for me, the challenge is also like, you know, trying to keep the company going with the, with the timeline and the set timelines that we have and getting our product started and, mm. you know, created while also, while also learning, becoming a resident. Um, but for me, actually, I think I like a good challenge, you know, mm. and like being able to like think about how to be efficient 
Um, that's really also as a resident too, you need to learn how to be efficient. You're no longer just managing one or two patients now. You're managing like 10 patients, mm-hmm. you know, and then you need to do all that. Um, and that's overwhelming for a medical student, but you need to, I mean, that's what residents are doing. You know, it's doable. Yeah. Chief residents do it, you know, like they can, they can handle, they know about each patient's, their, their drugs, their the status, right. Of the, of each patient, yeah. you know, like this is something that can be learned. So I, I'm like very optimistic in that, like maybe we can, I can still be able to handle that. Um, you know, when I started the company, I, I knew that, you know, I was going to be busy with the residency. So I asked, you know, I had a good, I have a good team to help mm-hmm. me. Like I have other co-founders um, mm-hmm. who aren't in the medical field. Some of them are, are already part-time so they can be more like involved with the company. So they're, t- they're going to take on a bigger leadership role in terms of the company. Um, while I'm more busy with the residency, but um, hopefully I'll still be able to, you know, input my time in the company while still making sure um, I learn my stuff and do my stuff properly in residency. It's a challenge, but that, that's the yeah. biggest challenge I would say. Yeah. 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 I can, yeah, I can't, you know, it's, it's definitely going to be a challenge. Residency is not a joke. So, uh, oh, but as you say, crazy. as you say it, I mean, <laughs> As you said, though, like, it's always good to be challenged, right? I know it's, residence is already a challenge, but you having other stuff that you're passionate about. Me, I'm, I, I like talking to people and learning about what they do in terms of this, right? I like some, making some YouTube videos and all those things, right? And so when you actually have something else on the side that you also, like, passionate about i think it just keeps you going you know i mean i think so yeah i don't think you're more motivated exactly so i don't think you're we're here to just be like idle and okay okay i have this extra time and i'm just gonna do nothing i'm just gonna watch netflix or whatever why not use that time to actually do something productive right and something that can help so many people out there so i think it comes uh, down to really a deep reflection of who you are and like what are your goals of life because if you have that very clear um, mm-hmm. you're able to really feel that, Hey, um, maybe watching Netflix is great, but also like, why not? If you do something else that's very meaningful, like you, you feel, you don't even feel like you're tired anymore because you feel very energized because you have a goal and then you feel like that is something that is worthwhile to do. And yeah. then you, that's your motivation now. And then, yeah. and that, that's really, that's really transforming for me. So nice, nice. Um, so the next question I wanted to ask you, I have just a few more questions and uh, we should be good, but I'm, I'm enjoying this talk. So yeah, me too. Uh, we can keep going until tomorrow. <laughs> but um, so what, what do you think is the role of a physician uh, when it comes to innovation? See, that, that is very hard also. I mean, like, so I'm most most doctors, I mean, the first priority is the patient, right? That's, that's yeah. the role of physician is mm-hmm. to take care of the patient. Um, and then like, we have the Hippocratic oath saying like to do no harm. And if you think about it, like very philosophically, there's a lot of harm that's being done on a patient right now. Like even like in the healthcare system. Um, and inadvertently, you know, like we, we're not even, we don't even want to harm patients, but the current system is harming the patient. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my thinking, like the role of the physician is like much broader than we think. Um, 
that and just like i mean there's practical things of like you know let's just treat and save a people's person's life and that is something that is still in the role of the physician but um i think i want to think a bit broadly um for example environment environmental health that mm -hmm. or, or like employee health these are mm -hmm. things that are affecting people's lives and that still is under the the jurisdiction of you know the health of the patient or of a person and i think the doctor's role can still be considered you know within that realm as well um healthcare administrators for example they need to understand that and there's not not many healthcare administrators that are also medical doctors i mean they they think more about the financial things you know like mm -hmm. ceos the business like a hospital is a business yeah um and we need to think about it like even though it's a business but it still needs to we're still we're still talking about people and you know let's not talk about like patients as like consumers or like customers like they shouldn't be really considered like that um i think we need to think of them as people that have their health and and mind i think priority wise so that way i think we can really that's that's my thinking of what a physician should be so yeah yeah. Um, and so, you know, among this COVID-19 crisis, we kind of talked a little bit about this, but I kind of wanted to see in your mind, how do you think um, this crisis is going to influence how you're going to end up uh, practicing as like a re as a resident and as, as a physician in the future? Well, it's a lot of unpredictability, right? Like right now, there's a lot of unknowns and uncertainties because things are constantly changing. Um, and as CEO, you know, you need to really be aware of what's going on in the world and what are the changes that are happening. And I think for me, I think, like, of course, that's digital health increase as well. And um, I think there's going to be a shift in the focus in the, in the healthcare that like, you know, health is so important. Um, I think we've ne neglected it for too long. And the healthcare disparities, economic disparities for people, for example, equality. Yeah. That's something that's like we have just been neglected for too long. And we need to readdress that. And because that that affects the health that affects the health of the of the US, the entire mm -hmm. country. Yeah. Um, for example, like just some data, right? You know, the COVID nineteen it affects more African Americans or like people who are lower social economic backgrounds. Yeah. because there there are a lot of like they don't get access to the proper healthcare or like you know the sanitary conditions are not the best um their exposures you now they have their work they can't they can't work at home because the nature of their work is like they have to go to the actual physical job yeah you know versus like a, a people working in a software development they can just easily stay at home that these are things that like are happening and like affecting people's lives. So, mm. I mean, I think that's going to be a shift and people are going to realize how important that is. So yeah. that's, that's my thinking of what's going to happen after the COVID-19. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would hope that would happen. Right. And I hope so uh, too. We would actually pay more attention to the preventative aspect of things other than just let's treat, let's treat this, you know, cause that's kind of been the mindset uh, sometimes in our healthcare. It's all about, let's give you medications, let's open you up, let's cut you, you know, those kind of things instead yeah, of- Yeah, and like immediate interventions. And I mean, yeah. that's something that I think is human nature because like that's addressed the most important things. 
the mm-hmm. the things that are on fire you got to put it out to expire but yeah like let's start thinking like what causing the fire exactly. so like if you if you address that then you can stop the fires it, so exactly. like so, so 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 think about you know further further down the road and yeah. that i think that's we address the cause instead of the instead of the result because that's what people have been doing like physicians we've been trying to put out fires like like you know all the time but let's stop the fires from even happening yeah yeah i think that kind of reminds me of the concepts of uh, social determinants of health you know looking at all right. those underneath things that not everybody would would see right um, especially uh if you live in a community that doesn't experience those things you'll be like well, what are you talking about but you know a lot of americans out there especially as you talked about people who are really underserved uh are experiencing i mean really a lot of struggles when it comes to this this pandemic and so um i completely agree with you on that and um so just lastly um you know you started this company and i know you you're trying to manage your time and then trying to make sure you're you're getting off the ground and you're hopefully uh being able to make an impact uh on on healthcare um how can people you know support you and and um you know what can people do to know more about your company really yeah i mean like like one of the best ways you could do is actually just go check out our website um mm-hmm. the website is screenme.health or okay. healthscreenme.com so like our website is actually will offer like a lot of resources and like you know learn about diabetes and hypertension and there's a digital screening tool online that is created by the CDC and American Diabetes Association so mm-hmm. i'd recommend highly recommend you check it out um it's like it takes only 5 minutes for you to like determine if you have risk of prediabetes mm-hmm. they ask questions like you know how old are you how physically active are you what's your weight what's your height these are things that your bmi score essentially those are risk factors for you getting a prediabetes and if you are more aware of your health like i think that will really help that mindset of like preventative medicine and that we need to shift that focus um mm. and that really helps that's part of our my mission you know like let's get people's minds on you know about their health before it gets to be too late and then that actually they're actually going to see the emergency department um that that's what a family doctor does so nice nice all right dr wang well uh thank you so much for uh taking the time and i really enjoyed our talk and uh definitely going to keep contact and we'll hopefully we'll get to collaborate on something else in the future so um i appreciate that yeah sounds good yeah maybe like a update on the company or like how you're doing and things like that that would be great yeah man yeah uh for sure thank you for listening to this podcast I would really appreciate it if you could rate, review, and subscribe for more content. Feel free to follow me on Instagram, and you can also find the video interview of this podcast on YouTube. See the link in the description. Until then, see you next time.